I'm Rain Phoenix. Today we're joined by a very special guest, Perry Farrell. It is my pleasure to introduce him. But first, don't forget to rate and subscribe. Follow us on all socials at Launch Left. Welcome, Perry Farrell, to the show. You did it. That was nice. Right? That's like a... Because you know yourself, so yeah. it wasn't too hard. Thank <laughs> you. It's true. Um, wow. I'm going to try not to be speechless, uh, mostly because there are a few artists that I admire more that have done wow. more for indie, left of center, outside the box, coloring outside the lines artists, and actually made the most incredible live concert series with that as a focus. Uh, all these areas are interest for me and you've been someone that I've admired in that space forever. So thank you for what you do for, for weirdo artists everywhere. Yeah, we thank you. Pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not to mention obviously all your prolific music and all the things that you've done in that respect. Something that I just always marvel at is how you have championed the not so centered pop, pop culture stuff. And at the same time, have the breadth and scope to uh, include that in what you love, as as any good, I think, artist does. It's not saying no to anything, but it's saying yes to things that other people are saying no to. Yeah, well, you might like this. Right. While you're at it, you right. might want to listen to that. It's countercultural. Yeah. That's what that is. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it wild to you that, that, that it, I feel like you were the first to really do that in a big, broad, um, what became very popular way in, in, music there really wasn't that happening uh, like the, not at the moment fest. not at the moment but i wasn't the first you can go all the way back to abraham who was throwing parties around egypt <laughs> back in the day you know to get his wife back and that's how he got her back he threw a wild party and then he invited people and sure enough the guests that came had his wife so he got her back and then fast forward you've got the great bill graham that was Throwing big parties, uh, you know, like when the wall came down. I meant the Berlin Wall. Bill Graham. When the wall came down, Pink Floyd played. And um, you know who's another influence of mine when we're talking about throwing parties? Uh, like good parties to benefit the world? Uh, George Harrison, when he threw his party in Bangladesh. Yes. The concert for Bangladesh. Mm -hmm. Um, I was really influenced by that record specifically, the concert for Bangladesh. Amazing. What do you think about Bob Geldof too? Is he someone? Oh, he's a great dude. Yeah. Like that, what he did. I, yeah. I'm trying to remember was that Live Aid, Live right? Aid. Yeah. That was incredible. I mean, that th these are my heroes as well. And yeah. I include you in that because doing large scale live events with multi-platform artists is especially what I'm interested in. But even just these huge rock concerts that were organized where you're bringing in everyone from all different kinds yeah. of music and doing to it to give social back. social change. Yes, yeah. that is always what gets kind of um, yeah. extra cool. Yeah. Me, you know, yeah. like, let's actually use it to yeah. help. It's so people. much better than when you're thinking like, oh, that guy's stuff in his pockets, you know, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But when you know that that is benefiting the culture, the you know, the region, the the country, it makes everything that much more gratifying. Now you're doing um, something in Los Angeles coming up. 
also. Yeah, is this the, a new? Yeah, it's a new series, Heaven After Dark. So it's, um, <clears throat> I wanted to reach down deep into the, into the, uh, onto the streets of Los Angeles and pull up emerging, new emerging artists. So there'll be music and dance, musicians and dancers, and um, um, I want to call them, um, well, the performance artists. There you go. I want to keep it varietal. I want to keep it uh, very current, like current event. Um, But the first prerequisite, it's got to be super funky, artistic, and creative, allowing the artists to kind of reflect around, reflect their environment. In this case, it's downtown LA. All these things we're sharing are things that, you know, I've had a passion about myself, but watching you do it and build to scale the way you do is marvelous. Do you, or do you have a hand in every show that you do? Are you involved all the way through, or is there some areas that you mostly like to work on? Well, yeah, my favorite area is the music itself. Mm-hmm. I like to build the party, but I'm also thinking about, you know, programming in the, the, the sounds, yeah. you know? So <clears throat> the secret recipe is it starts with great music because music is almost like the message and people will come to hear that message and if it's a great message, if it's a groovy message, if it's a powerful message, sensual message, then you get certain uh, client. I don't want to say clientele, but you get a certain yeah clientele. People that will come are they're attracted to, to that sound, that particular sound. So if you keep it super creative, you'll get all these super creative people. You got to make sure though that the sound is cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a curation is a huge part of anything feeling true, I think. You know, if it's just a free-for-all, you can't uh, guide it in anywhere or feel um, connected to it. I don't think... Well, if it's just for money, then that's what the party's going to feel like. Right. This is just for money, which, that's cool, but honestly, money bores me. (laughs) If the musicians are the ones sending out the message, not, not the politicians not the news media. I mean, there's necessary components to our society, of course, but I like it when the musicians and the artists are sending out the message because it's the most exciting, interesting, and honestly um, eye-opening message that you can get, you know, uh, a great song or a great billboard that was taken over by Shepard Ferry, let's say, or Banksy, you know, to me, I, I love the thought of, you know, we're driving in our car and we're thinking like, oh, let's go get some coffee and then we got to go to work. And then you see something bizarre that's eye-opening that will make you laugh maybe, but it'll also uh, give you insight. It can happen like that with great art mm-hmm. and it can happen like that with great music too. So it is really, it is really transformative when these parties they're not just for money. They're for so much more. Yeah, so for Heaven After Dark, I know you have a charitable partner, right, or component with the Art of Elysium. Are you involved with them on this one? Yeah, yeah. This one, I'm working with them. They're and great um, friends. 
amazing. Yeah, you know who I, I who I love also right now? Uh-huh. I love them right now. Um, Core. Yeah, you know, I do know Cora. We, I played a Cora. concert for uh, Linda Perry put together a concert at like, yeah. Dodger Stadium. Yeah, we played that. Yeah, they're solid. Yeah, no, they're it's fun. they're real solid. Yeah, they really give direct to both those organizations. Are they they practice what they preach? It goes to where it should yeah. go. Yeah, and again because they're in Hollywood, they know how to set up the message. Yeah, so that it's entertaining, insightful, and transformative. Yeah. yeah. No, and I, I think what you touched upon about how art transforms your daily life, and and that's the thing is, and you talked about money, you know, and we talked about money being so useful for allowing, freeing up a creative, an artist to create, and that, like you said, the, being able to create something transformative that changes daily life from the grind and the boredom of whatever it might be to something transcendent and and. And we just don't know how one little thing that we do creatively or that anyone does in our waking life affects someone else, right? One We thing. know that it all does. Yes. Everything affects the other thing. Yeah. So that we know. Yeah. But the, uh, the level at which like one sentence, you know, I've had think people say things to me that forever kind of helped me guide a certain way or... Make not make sure not to get away. Whatever it might be, you realize we are so um, there's so much interdependence, and nobody is there an island. We all connect and we're all sharing space together. And without this sort of uh, attention on creative and allowing artists to be who they are, and I think that's what to me left of center and like funky weirdo art. Let's let people, our creatives be creative. That's what I'm attracted to. Is as opposed to trying to silo. You're an artist. This is what's popular. Do this, or you're an artist. Yeah, that's you know. a, that's. A, I would not recommend that. So I've got two young boys that are becoming. Um, they're young artists, musicians, and one of them right now is trying to get in a band. The other one's not quite even ready for band, but one's got interested in getting in a band, and uh, we always have these breakfast discussions. And he's having a hard time because he says like. He's not finding people that are into the music that that he wants to make. And I said, well, that's a good sign. And he said, why? I said, because you don't want to be copying. I I used uh, Jimi Hendrix as an example. I said, look, there's Jimi Hendrix kind of, he was such an original, right? And then there's people that came after Jimi Hendrix that kind of sound like Jimi Hendrix. But Jimi Hendrix is up here. He's the originator. Nobody was making music that he wanted to make. He originated it and made it. The second guy isn't even close. By the time the 10th guy or the 25th guy copies Jimi Hendrix, nobody gives a shit. So I told him, don't copy anybody. And what I like about my son, I'm not trying to brag about my son, but it's just in the discussion. His music is all original. It just comes out of him. He's not trying to be... He's not trying to make like Cookie Monster music or, you know, or uh, trap music. He likes it. But I told him, because I see his friends, they're trying to kind of conform into the the silo that you said. I said, you know, it's going to take you longer because you're not, you're not uh, offering them the brochure like, oh, you can have the Cookie Monster song, you know. So it's going to take you longer. You have to find people that are more interested in the 
in the journey of originality, we'll call it, that journey of going off and just trying to do something original. But eventually, you get to be up there. That's, That's the good news. Yeah. You don't want to be 25th, man. It's like anything, <laughs> right? It's a, like, it's a practice. In a sense, that in itself is a practice in maintaining your individuality, creating your own being and that does lead to like you said like that's how you become iconic i think most of the people that i look up to or think like well they're icons in, in rock or art or whatever did it their genuine. way yeah, yeah they were that's authentically why. them yeah. and they didn't follow the norms or what people told them to they said no this i'm doing this right and they got there doing that and it was a, it was just uh their nature was they just didn't want to like he doesn't want to conform that's why I told him, no, you're going in the right direction. Just um, take your time. And, uh, and I try to rehearse. I try to, like, we have a, a little setup down in the garage. We're a little garage band, man. Yeah. And I just like jamming off with them. We don't know where we're going. It's like the old days of jazz in the 40s. We got together. And it was just, it was almost like... Uh, an athletic experience, you know what I mean? Instead of a basketball, it's it's musical instruments and we're like jamming and playing the game and weaving and dodging. It's really cool yeah. that you play with your with your son and that you guys do have music in common. That's, yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. I knew it would come, you see, when they were young, they only wanted to hang out with their mother and it used to bum me out. But then I, I had a, a moment of insight when I said to myself, they're going to reach a certain age. They're going to start coming and hanging out with me more as they become men, you know, because they're going to want to know what's the, what's the deal with being a man, you know. I think I got them. I think we're entering that era right now. How fun. That's so great. Um, and that, I know we have Florida in common. You know, I grew really? up in Gainesville. You were, oh, really? You were in South Florida. I was all the way in the north. Oh, wow. Yeah, UF Go Gators. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I was just there. I wasn't sporty, but you were in Gainesville or in um, Florida? Um, we were just in Florida. We played a rock festival, um, but it was in Daytona. Mm -hmm. so, wow, um, Daytona. I haven't been there in a minute. Yeah, yeah. I stayed at a crazy Motel 6 there, there where they painted, they airbrushed bikers and their girlfriends on the walls in the hotel rooms. Like, you'd be sleeping and wake up to, like... Someone on a Harley with him staring at you. It was like an airbrush painting the inside. It was so oh yeah, they got a, They have a big biker community. My my brother's a biker, and he uh, he's retired now. He was an outlaw biker, but he retired right. in a biker community in Tampa, Florida. Right. Yeah. I spent some years in Tampa. That's cool. I mean, no one ever really talks about Florida or gives it, name checks it. So good for us for having that for a moment. Yeah, you know, when I lived there, that was the 70s. I really loved it. It was so much fun. Um, you know, the drugs were incredible in the early 70s with um, drugs, you know, cocaine. You had, uh, you know, the whole, um, what was that guy, Scarface, you know, that era. And the drugs were pretty cool with quaaludes. Jokes today suck. I wouldn't recommend them. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're a bummer. Yeah. 70s. That's interesting. We were there late 80s into early 90s in Gainesville, which was like a great punk scene, like garage punk kind of. And I used to go to concerts up there too. I 
I think I saw Bob Dylan up there uh, during Ronaldo and Clara when he had like the powdered white face. Oh yeah. Yeah, I, it was either Gainesville or it could have been Tampa. I think it was Gainesville. You guys have that uh, that Gator logo. Yeah. Gators. Yeah. 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 For sure. Maybe at the big uh, football stadium or something. I I love Florida. You know, I I know I they get a bad rap these days, but they have to come through because there's some good people down there. They they love the ocean and the ocean life. They take full advantage of um, the swamps. You know, yeah. with the gators are very important to our country um, as far as the natural resources and having uh, fresh air. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know that swampland produces lots of oxygen. Like over here, not too far from the airport, as you go to the airport, we have these swamps. You know I'm t- what I'm like talking wetlands, about? Yeah. The wetlands, uh-huh. yeah. And I used to bum out and bug out when I would drive down there and they started to like fill it in with uh, buildings and apartment buildings mm-hmm. and uh, office buildings, you know? Because... If, if they were to take all that um, and just mow it down, we would be choking to death. It's already bad enough, you know, the, the oxygen that we have here yeah. with the valley, how it traps a lot of the, shall we say, the, the road... Um, Pollution? Yeah. yeah. Carbon, mono- carbon monoxide, carbon dioxide, all coming off of the freeways. So it was important to have that there, marshland, because it's creating oxygen, you know? So it's the same thing. Florida is very important in that regard. It's also very important because it's kind of like you have a hurricane situation that that is starting to become more and more um, active, mm-hmm. shall we say, over the years because yeah. of global warming. Yeah. You're having these crazy hurricanes almost every year. It gets worse and worse and worse. So in a way, I like to look at everybody, wherever they are living, as keepers of that area. So I look at the Floridians as keepers of the coast over there. And the Floridians have to be active. You know, they have to be active um, socially, politically in helping to keep global warming in check and doing something about it. Because they are very affected by it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, here too. It's it's an interesting yep. time we live in, for sure. Yeah. Uh, you like other art besides music? Yeah, yeah. Yeah? I, I love art. I just love art because, as I say, um, even if the message is, like, not quite clear, like, what is, what is that saying to you? <laughs> so what does that say? I was thinking, like, the inside of a whale stomach was my first thought. Really? And, like, hamburgers or something. Yeah. What about, yeah, and it's next to a pink, um, a pink uh, Christmas tree, but it's got a Star of David at the top. So what is that saying? That's saying equanimity uh, in, in spiritual faith. Yes. Yeah? Yes. Whoosh. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. This piece is up with that. That I'm still so moved by because I don't know how it's doing that. 
That's so, not really in the wall. It's, there's not really a right. cavernous hole, right? You know, so I, again, I saw this the same time I saw that. I bought both pieces. This has to be installed in the wall. I actually had to make the wall. So the wall had a, there's a it's a fake wall uh-huh. now. Okay. And it's done with lights and mirrors, okay. right? Typically, but I call it pipeline. It goes on forever and ever and ever. So you can just kind of, just kind of dig the uh, sense of infinity that yeah. we're existing in. Yeah. Gosh. So I know you were, you said you were on Howard Stern recently, and my guess is that he asked you all the sort of like, all the questions about your music and art and, you know. So I just always like to have this be a conversation between people about whatever comes up. I don't tend to be very trivia-minded or... So but if there's something you wanted me to expound on specifically or at, for me to ask I, you so you can yeah, answer. I, I, yeah, but that is the question. I am curious to know what are you interested in these days? You know, I, I don't know if you know much about Launch Left, but I'm guessing you do know. No, time to fill me in. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So Launch Left, Launch Left is an alliance of left of center artists as space for art and activism. Alliance, cool. Yeah, where we Great. encourage well-known artists to launch emerging artists. That's what I'm into today right? as well. <laughs> unity. Yeah. I wanted to talk about unity. Great. Bringing people together and how to do that and what could be the repercussions of doing that. I love it. That's yeah. right up my alley. So between that... That's what we are as a, an alliance. Cool. We have this podcast, we have a music label, we have a cabaret show. You do? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, yeah. So, we're kind of kismet that. things going on. That's mm-hmm. why I was like, wow, oh. heaven after dark. So, I can help you. Um, I can give you a little inspiration. I'm ready. On your journey. Yes. So, I, I, uh, I study prophecy, I study mysticism to get kind of like a almost like a, a bounce back reference, referencing the past and prophecies, which is the future to find out to balance how to balance myself in the today and in the moment. Right. And, um, right now we're going through the mystics say that we're going through the era age of redemption. It's a very heavy age and it's a very heavy topic. So basically, what is redemption? Well, it's, it's kind of like it's the, the cat who can get back off the mat and get up after he's been knocked down. Mm-hmm. So it's the comeback. Mm-hmm. It's really cool, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the way we go into the future now, uh, where we are with redemption is redemption requires forgiveness and it requires kindness um, where am I going? Almost had it. So, forgiveness. So we have to uh, find ways to for, uh, be forgiven and forgive others. And if we can do that, man, then this age of redemption is going to go crazy. It's going to be, but what does it require? It requires unity and it requires people engaging. I don't want to say confrontation, but yeah, we're going to have to do kind confrontations. To some people, just say kindly, you can't do that, or kindly quit doing that. And then to others, would you kindly do more of that? <laughs> yeah. 
right? Modeling the behavior of kindness to whoever you're sure. in contact with, right? Yeah, yeah. that is known as uh, wait, uh, paragon, be, becoming a paragon of peace. I love that. Do you know what a paragon is? No. It's the, becoming the embodiment of something I or someone. That. So I like to consider I am a paragon of peace. I want to become the living embodiment of peace. So I become the living embodiment of uh, people that stood for peace. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I like to study. Oh, that's so cool. Do yeah. you have a specific spiritual practice or... or... Well, I study Torah mm-hmm. all day and all night. Wow. And then, uh, then I branch out. I can go into, I can read, I can dig the Quran. I can read New Testament too. Mm-hmm. I'm not opposed to the Gita. I'll read any of it. Mm-hmm. I read, um, I will read uh, Buddhism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like to leave all that stuff around the house. Just take a peek. You can learn from each other. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's a huge part of, uh, launch left too is this idea of kindness over competition in yeah. art because you know culturally we've been made to be competitive but that's not necessarily our natural state as artists we want to share and create together but yeah. sometimes we get pitted against each other like who's going to get this gig and then they get it you got to hide the other person but you know and so it, we're it makes it, the it, opposite, it, it, it yeah it, it makes it uh it it let's see the word makes the situation ugly. Yeah. It doesn't need to be that way. They say, the mystics say that in the era of redemption that uh, there will not be competition on the level that it was previously. All right. Just your point. Yay. And because competition, here's, uh, here's a song that I'm writing. The song is uh, called uh, Everyone's, Everyone's a Winner. So you got to make it, a, you have to make the world a place where everyone wins. And that's how you transform the world. If you if you have one winner and one loser, the world doesn't really evolve much because there's always that loser now that feels bad and wants to get revenge. Right. Or wasn't gratified or was repressed. So... Um, there's room for everyone to win. There yeah. Really that's what we have to figure out. How do we make this a day where everyone wins? If we can get to that spot, we're in. And I think it might, <laughs> it may have something to do with might, uh, what you were sharing before about modeling um, kindness. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's amazing how if you're willing to be accountable or be gentle in situations that are overt and intense or it changes the molecules in the room. Like it could have been a fight, but if you, you know, but now like, it's a wedding. Yeah, it's yeah, exactly. Like you can model like kindness in those tense moments. It can affect the whole situation. Uh, that takes, you know, some unlearning of what we have learned in our culture of mm-hmm. how to win. Right. Yeah. And some reshuffling of the deck to include others. And that's not prevalent. I do I can't. I can't help but go back and say this is, you know, a lot of why you, you the work that you do and what you have done in, in music and art is incredibly moving to me because you have paid attention to the underdog and the underrepresented and and celebrated that and been like, why is this hiding under the 
thing. Let's bring this to the light more, you know? Let's let's the, get weird. The the uh the under under um would you call it the under cared for, shall we say, should be cherished. Then you get you can get a ton of inspiration in your life by cherishing the underdog. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So Heaven After Dark, is that coming soon? Is that a yearly thing? Is it a uh, it's a, we're gonna make it a monthly. Wow. And we're gonna make it global. Wow. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, so say we'll do one here. Uh, we can't do it monthly quite yet, so we're doing it quarterly. Mm-hmm. But um, the attitude is, you know, it's it's like a spec. I could put together a Lollapalooza that would have almost a half a million people in one city. And then that week, uh, next weekend, you just have a very small party um, for 150 people or no, 350 people. Then you can do another party that's for, I don't know, 2,000 people or 2,500 people. What's really, it's nice to keep people, uh, I don't want to say off balance because I don't mean to push people off balance, but if they, if they don't know what to expect, then their curiosity raises. Mm-hmm. And that's, that is uh, magnetizing. Mm-hmm. So I like the idea of, as an example, when we did Lollapalooza in Chicago, there were almost a half a million people. But I did an after party on the rooftop of the pantry, and there was only there was only maybe fifty people. But man, you should have seen how beautiful it was. It was at the top of the pantry, which was the old Hard Rock, and um, it was in the open air. And then we had these drones taking pictures of it. You know, so we've got these rocking. Um, I put, you know, I filmed it all. I've got this great footage of us rocking out at the top, really high up in Chicago. So I like to do things like that. I call it for your eyes only. It's a, a for your eyes only moment. You can do that with any size crowd. You know, you can do that with 10 people. I did a party. Uh, somebody recently sent in footage of uh, James Addiction did a flash mob in, I think, 2005 or 2007 in um, in London. Where was that in London? Covent Gardens with, with Banksy. So uh, I don't know how many people were there, but it couldn't have been more than 100 people. But now, you know, it's, it was one of those fear eyes only moment that I can imagine like there's people walking around that will be able to say, you know, yeah. I was once at Covent Garden and then they can tell their friend they did that. It's so epic. Yeah. 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 So, it becomes I, very valuable, even though you're not, you're not McDonald's, but right. so what? I agree. I love that. I mean, that's super, um, to me, what you touched upon about when you can, magnetize the viewer because everyone, it seems we have cultural ADD. And so how do you um, excite someone who's watching a show? If they think, Oh, it's just going to be this for another 20 minutes. I'm going out. I know what it is. I already know it. So fun to uh, 
excite the viewer. Like to me, that is the, and a lot of that, that's what great performers do. You can't leave. You're like, I'm stuck. This right. is so good. I must I watch. want it. I want to yeah. know more. Wait a exactly. minute. Wait, shh, wait, shut up. Yeah. Like, you saying about that? Or, you know, yeah. now he's doing that. Yeah. The element of surprise. The element of surprise. And also people love to learn too. And they like to feel smart. So when you do art that leaves room, you know, leave a little room for interpretation. Uh, in other words, like doesn't have to hit you over the head with the message. It can be something that if the artist is really clever, the, the witnesser or the, the viewer or the listener will feel like, oh, I, you know, I'm smart because I know, I know what they're saying. And, you know, it's almost like an inside joke between us right, here. Right, right. There's an element of that that is, um, I always like to use, if I, was a, if I was a chef, you know, I would say I use that in my kitchen of making uh, art, the element of making the other person feel smart. <laughs> yeah. Education, yeah. That's cool. Well, are there any other uh, topics that you have a burning desire to talk about? Yeah, yeah. Um, do you think there's ever going to be peace in the Middle East? It's a great question. I know that, like, in the Bible, they say that the end times, you know, when there is peace in the Middle East, that's when the shit hits the fan. Is really? What I, yeah. This was, you know, I had people who studied the Bible, and they said that, so I was like, that's interesting. Because uh, it seems like the shit's already hit the fan. Yeah. He's in the Middle East. So. <laughs> Maybe. They, because it they don't the know. Exactly. I know, you know. I think it's the opposite. I think that the end times, I would just go to the um, Mayans. They ended the calendar in 2013. So, you know, it's it's, it's over, man. World. We're yeah. starting over now. Yeah. Now we're starting over. So this right. is... Uh, this is a new season, shall we say, for mankind. Um, I pray there's peace in the Middle East because me too. I feel that the conflict anywhere in the world is conflict that we're all feeling. It's related. Yeah. It goes all the way there. It's yeah. trace. It's like our, it's our bone marrow. Yeah. It's our DNA. That's where the cradle of civilization was. So I think there's going to be peace too. But I don't think that peace would be possible unless everybody agrees. Yeah, it's true. So that's, that's, that goes back to the unity thing. Exactly. And it, it's one of those things that if you try to think about it intellectually or conceive of, okay, so how do we get everyone to agree? It, it's too complicated. But when you think about how things are, trans, you can transcend very big questions with loving kindness. Yeah. With uh, like you were saying, unity. Yeah. And and then it's just a wonder of how do we get all of us to hum at that level? Right. How do and and is it is it art? Is it music? That's something I've always believed. Like maybe it, that's it. it. So let's try sure. that. Let's try art. Yeah. But it could be any number of things. It could be the right time of day with the right message everyone got. We or don't the right know. band. Like, boom. Or the right we, band. We got the right band headline. There you go. That's what it was. <laughs> exactly. The right band the headline. You never know. But we want to see it happen. It would be wonderful to see it happen while we're here. It's yeah. a short blip. Well, guess what? You know what? 
I'm going to try because I don't want to. Yeah, this is my this is my shot of life. I'm, I'm going to shoot I'm for it. Man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this is our generation's. It's our time. Like yeah. those guys, they had their shot. They didn't do it. Hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. At least setting up the next generation. But it'd be nice to be here while 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 you see it unfold. You know, if we could do it, just imagine how what a a good thing we've done for everybody's kids mm-hmm. that they can exactly. now live in a world where people are j- jiving with each other and uh, celebrating their cultures and celebrating their nation and and welcoming each other. I think really uh, the world can be saved. I know you. You were saying that um, you don't want to get too intellectual about it, but I'm going to just lay it out. No, it's about tourism. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. All right, please expound. Okay. So, you know, look at it like um, you're welcoming people into your, into your town and you're going to throw a party or you're going to have these restaurants and hotels and nightlife things to do. People want to come in and visit you, and uh, that's what makes the world go around. And, you know, you've got um, the travel agencies are all working. They're all making money. And um, let's just use the Holy Land as an example. Wouldn't it be cool if it was at peace? Then everybody would want to go there. It's like the ultimate travel destination, right? Everybody wants to go there, but they're just not down with the, the fighting. Yeah. And that's, that's why I say the ugliness of it. It's just an ugly thing. Just, the heart just finds it repulsive. Mm-hmm. That's not what the Holy Land, that is not what the Holy Land should be or could be. I mean, what the Holy Land could be, man, it could be the ultimate travel destination. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. <laughs> so, again, around Lollapalooza, and Heaven After Dark, and these event experience concerts that you build, how personally involved are you with them? Well, I just know that around 9 o'clock, I don't want to really do much with my head. So after 9 o'clock, you know, I'll usually lock my door, and my last guest will leave by around 10. Um... So when I wake up, until then, I just do whatever I can. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm just creating, meeting people, talking. Um, and if it's talking about Lollapalooza that day, I just, I just talk and I help as much as I can. But again, uh, the, the idea of the collective, it must be that way. It cannot be one person because the problem with that is, number one, that one person were to die, let's say, we're all fucked. Yeah. That's why even a person as great as one person, it could be Moses or the Messiah or Jesus, um, the way it's going to work is through unity and cooperation. So um, yeah. I just work, I just work um, h- hard as I can. I take breaks to piss and eat. You know, and walk my dogs. Do you like to bounce around things? Like, um, I'm writing a song. Okay, yeah, let me answer that email. Well, I do. Yes, yeah. Yeah, it's it's pretty much structured. My day is pretty structured now in that I know that the the better part of my morning is for a breakfast and working out. Then the, uh, you know, afternoons is for business 
And then um, after four o'clock, I go to, to music and creativity um, and, and art. God, are you so stoked that this yeah. is your life? Yeah. I bet. Yeah, that's why, <laughs> I, that's why I tell you, man, um, I put these things in front of me that I, I want to inspire myself. So I've got this new saying. I, you know, you ever wake up and you feel like shit. You don't think your life's going anywhere. Um, but then you've got all these ideas about what you would like to see the world become and you want to contribute and participate in it. So I say to myself, come on, it's going to be fun. And that's the secret. That's my secret. That's Is so that simple? Great. I love that. I wrote a song about it. So yesterday the song was called, come on, it's going to be fun. Come on, it will be fun. That's You'll hear it. Great. <laughs> I love your voice. Thanks. Too. Oh my God, that's so great. Well, I mean, we're so blessed to be artists and creating at this time when things are changing. Everything is changing. I don't know if you've been tracking digital art, NFTs, Web3, this whole yeah, time. it's going New crazy. space right? for music yeah. and also for yeah. film. Yeah. It's like, and it's kind of wild west and it will always be because it's moving and volatile yeah. and dropping. And, t- and yeah. that's an exciting new yeah. thing for creative artists because... There's more ownership, but also there's the ability to dance around and play with it, which in some of the industry-built cultural silos, there is not that freedom as a creative. So to have this new space, especially for emerging artists, where they can try new things and see and fund their film or, you know, there's, yeah. it seems to be working. So that's one area I'm kind of like... Yeah, it's nice, to, on, yeah, it's nice to know that billionaires, uh, they did art. Yeah, you know what true. I mean. It's yeah. like you get a guy in a room at the right uh, gala, and uh, he'll throw down a million bucks on something like that. It's yeah. pretty fucking cool. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> For sure. I know they uh, maybe the patrons of the arts are coming back in that sense, which I always thought was was great. It's like, however, you can set up artists so they can do their thing. Yeah, I I think that yeah, I'd love to see a whole city that was just. The closest city that I've seen that is super artistic these days, we went to London not too long ago. London's really happening. Yeah, it's oh, it's so too. color. The colors yeah. are bonkers all over the wall. Yeah. They've got incredible, um, what do you call street them, art? street artists. Yeah. I brought my boys there and they just, oh, I just love watching them transform into these Londoners, you know? <laughs> My young boys. So sweet. Well, I just appreciate your time and what you do in the world and your music and art, your festivals, what's coming up, Heaven After Dark. That's July 7th, I believe, here in L.A. And then I'm sure we'll be seeing it more, as you said, quarterly or monthly. Yeah. Um, If there's anything else you'd like to share, I don't want to keep you. No, I mean, we could do it again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So okay. just thank you for spending the time with us. And My pleasure. It's great really, to meet you. really, really happy to meet you. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks. <laughs> Let me do that one more time. Me and my wife have the funniest when we do this sometimes. Okay. It's funny as <laughs> You rock. Thank you. Launch Left aims to create an intentional space that highlights and empowers all artists for whom radical creativity is not a choice, but a necessity. Launch Left begins with music, 
but its ultimate aim is to launch left-of-center artists in all creative fields. 